Thank you for tuning in to the A Light for Christ podcast. Are you cold, hot, or lukewarm? Today's message, Hot Water or a Cold Drink with Pastor Melvin, challenges us to examine the temperature of our spiritual walk with Christ while warning us not to become delusional and think too highly of ourselves. So take a moment to take a listen and be blessed. Today's reading comes out of the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 14 through 20. And it reads as such. To the angel of the church in Laodicea, write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich. I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can see those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Title of this word today is hot water or a cold drink. This is what Jesus wants. Hot water or a cold drink. Beloved, one of the greatest setbacks that we can put upon ourselves is to have the wrong impression about ourselves. To have the wrong impression, to think that we have arrived, to think of ourselves greater than who we are, and not to have the right type of view, the same type of view of ourselves that God has for us. We cannot fool ourselves because, see, we can think that we are somewhere and we're not. It reminds me of the story about the baseball team that was out carousing all night long the day before the game. And and because of that, when the game came, about the third inning, they was losing 25 to nothing. Uh, they were dropping the balls and they were throwing, making errors and running t- into each other. And the crowd, many of them who were carousing with them the night before, became discontent with their playing. And someone out there yelled out to the players out there, you know, you bums need to go home. The manager got upset and he jumped on top of the dugout and he said, well, the man who said that, stand up. No one stood up. He said, well, the man sitting next to the man who said that, stand up. No one said anything. Will the man sitting next to the man, sitting next to the man, stand up. Finally, one man stood up. He said, I'm not the man that called those baseball players bums, nor am I sitting next to the ones who call them bums 
or the, next to the one who was sitting next to the one who called them bums. But I have one question. Who called them bums baseball players? Okay. A, a person who is not aligned with God has the tendency to uh, believe that he is greater. But we have to understand that we must get in tune with God so he can tell us exactly who we are because it may bring us down in our pride and our haughtiness. But when we find out who we are, truly are in the sight of God, it should give us encouragement to be what we should be and not lukewarm. Amen. Amen. This is the purpose of this sermon, to understand that despite of uh, what most people think of this particular evaluation of this particular church, it was not designed to put them down, but it is designed to bring them up. Because, see, this church was not a hot church. But if you're not going to be a hot church or, or hot people, I should say, in the church, if you're not going to be a hot person, be a cold person so you can build yourself up from the ground. What you don't want to do, you don't want to be the type of person pretending to be hot and you're not. Because Jesus is tasting us. I'm going to give you a little history here to show you how the word is so in tune with uh, what is being said here. You know, the history of uh, uh, Laodicea. It was a very, very wealthy town. I mean, it was wealthy. They had the wealth of and the banking of Wall Street, the financial strength of Wall Street. They had the medical uh, advancements of that day of a Mayo Clinic. And they also had the fashions of that day of a Milan, Italy. You have to understand that this was the place back in the day. And this is where Jesus had his greatest rebuke for. You see, too much prestige, too much Prophets, too much power, we think more highly. Man tends to think more highly than he should of himself. But anyway, this city had everything, but it had one problem. And that was its water supply was far off from the city. But they were smart, so they got water in there. They created a great uh, irrigation system, a great, I guess, a water pipe situation where they can pipe the water in. But the problem was when it came from the hot springs, when it came from the cold springs, by the time it got to them, it was lukewarm. They didn't know from which spring it came from by the time it got to them. And so Jesus in the parable used this comparison to the way that they were as a people. You know that water that you drink. You got it hooked up to the hot springs. You got it hooked up to the cold springs. But by the time you get it there, you don't know what spring it came from. That's how you are, the church. And Laodicea, this is what he says. You're not hot. You're not an agent of cleansing. You just lukewarm. You just look like you're clean. You look like you're hot, but you're really not. I'm tasting you. And you're not cold. Cold is representative of the Gentile, of the unsaved. And they know they unsaved. And, but here they come. And, and when they come to the Lord, and it's refreshing. And it should be refreshing for us to see the sinner man coming in 
because we know that he's going to see a difference in the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, than what he experienced in that mean, wicked, lowland of sorrows. That cold drink, refreshing, because this is what we thirst after. This is what Jesus thirsted after. He died on the cross, thirsting after those who were lost. And when he receives them, that is his water. Amen. He explained that he was the amen. He was the final word. He was the final one. That was it. Nothing was said after amen. And he was the true witness. Said he know what we do just as he knew what that church did. And he showed his disgust in verse 16 of man not acknowledging, not desiring to change, to be either hot or cold. When you're hot or you're cold, you know what you are. And he's going to be on you, all right? As a Christian, we won't be hot on others. And uh, heat is going to be on us, on fire. And they're going to try to put fire on us too. Thank you, Lord, for that revelation. But that's all right because we're with Christ, all right? Some of you may be going through that now because you're trying to do right. You're trying to stay with the Lord. You're getting heat. That's all right. You're in the hot water. And that's pleasing to the Lord. Some of you have not given your life to Christ, but you're tired of the way things have been going. You're tired of trying to go against the grain of the Lord. You're cold water. And you have turned cold to the sins. You're tired of it. And the world has turned cold to you. But let me tell you something. When you come to the Lord like that, you're like a cold drink of water on a hot, sunny day. You're going to taste good to the Lord. We have to know our true self. Because if we don't, you know, he's going to be disgusted with the delusion that we have of ourselves. Jesus didn't have one good thing to say about this church. Not this one. It was like he was saving the worst for the last. Even with that, he had recommendations. You can turn this thing around. You know, you just have to buy what I have. Your uh, clothes are not white. Your gold is not pure. You're blind. Even in this rebuke of this church, there was grace and mercy in the offer for another chance. And we need to take it. What must we do? To go from cold to hot, from lukewarm to hot. What must we do? We must have a proximity near God. In other words, we must be close to God. We cannot get away from God, all right? See, just like the, the springs that caused the water to become lukewarm, it was too far away from the city. We can get too far away from the Lord. And what we send to the Lord can become lukewarm. But we get there and we can stay close to him by studying the word of God. We have to get into the word of God because that's the main avenue where God speaks to us. When we get the word of God, we will receive the wisdom of God, which will grow us. But we have to be close to God. We can't be like that spring from the city too far away from God. So by the time the water get there, it's lukewarm. You have to receive the word of God. You have to study the word of God to stay hot. You will get wisdom like you never had before. And it will make you worship God and glorifying him. 
after the proximity near God, there must be a promptness to God. We need to get there quick. See, the water was not getting to the city quick enough because it was too far away, of course. But the closer you get to your destination, the quicker you can get to it. That has to be our greatest concern, to get to God quickly. That must be above everything else. Sometimes we're going to have to put away the dishes, wait, the dishes got to wait, this got to wait. I got to get to God. It must be foremost and first, okay? And it also must be the final decision to quickly turn to God. Now, the reason why people don't do this is because they usually turn to something else before they turn to God. We got people out here, they would try science, they would try philosophy, they would try anything before going to God. But I'm telling you, the quicker that we come to God with promptness, that we put him foremost and first, we can get there and be that hot water for the saved and that cold water for the unsaved. So we got the proximity. We got the promptness. Finally, beloved, when we get there, we have to uh, understand that there must be a purity for God. See, you know, we have a problem with the water main systems today. Every once in a while, we get emergency calls, boil your water, boil your water, because it's not pure anymore. We have to honor him with purity. We cannot come puffed up to God, but we must come in humility, humility. And we have to come to him in honesty. We must be honest with ourselves. We have to look at ourselves. As I conclude this word, we must remember to avoid being delusional in our opinion of ourselves and be what the Lord desires of us and for his glory. Kind of makes me think of a story, uh, uh, something I saw many years ago with that television series, uh, Roots. You know, there was uh, two people, characters in that. Kunta Kente, the slave, and there was Fitna. Now, throughout their relationship in this show, it was part friendship and it was part contention because Fiddler's job was to condition Kunta to be a good slave. And, and he would tell uh, Kunta what he needed to do. But Kunta's desire was to escape. He wanted to be free. But uh, Fiddler said, no, he wanted no part of that because he was a chief slave and he had he was doing good for himself. He wanted to continue to live like he was living because he believed, as far as he could understand, that he was well off. He was over the other slaves. He had the privilege of entertaining the master through his uh, playing the fiddle. And he also received the hand-me-downs from the master before anyone else. So he thought it couldn't be any better than that. And the years went on with this conflict. Then one day, as they were sitting under a tree and they were making small talk with each other, Kunta still talking about running away and Fiddler was just kind of thinking about what he's going to do and Kunta was talking and he asked Fiddler a question and Fiddler didn't answer. And he looked at Fiddler and he realized that Fiddler had died. Kunta reached over, put his arms around Fiddler's shoulder, 
And he said, see, fiddler, doesn't it feel good to be free? Doesn't it feel good to be out of the bondage? And the point of this illustration is this. Fiddler thought he was rich, but he was poor. He thought he could see, but he was blind. He thought he was well-dressed, but he was shamefully naked. Lukewarm people think they are rich, but they are really poor. They think they can see, but they are blind. They think they are well-dressed, but they are shamefully naked. But when they see this and receive what the Lord offers, they are truly rich, wise, well-dressed, and liberated from everlasting bondage. Be blessed. Hi, this is Pastor Melvin. We hope you've been uplifted by the word today. We hope you were blessed. But you know, I want to talk to you about the urgency and the importance of being right with Christ. Romans 10, beginning in verse 8, gives us instruction. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Are you willing to give your heart today? If so, repeat after me. Dear Lord, I admit this day that I am a sinner in need of your forgiveness. Believe that you are the atoning sacrifice for my sins and that you died on the cross to pave the way to eternal life. I ask you, come into my heart and make me whole again through the power of your resurrection that I may be born again and enter into the fellowship of the universal body of Christ. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Welcome to the family and stay planted in the Lord. This is very important. So God bless you.